Control C? Control C? All right. I'm just thinking of the NPR thing about. <laughs> Male <Kim>? kill? <laughs> <laughs> well, that and the. Are we recording? We are. Uh, no, the Schwetty Balls skit on SNL. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the logistics of the conference, let's keep that kind of shorter, and then just like getting there, just the conference in general, ambiance, and um, then maybe talk about like the meat, more of the meat, like that we talk about the keynotes, maybe what Guido talked about a little bit, um, and one of the other keynotes, and then we can just talk about some specific sessions that you liked and want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, yeah, you want to start? Um, yeah, so I guess. Um, maybe we should introduce ourselves now that we have four people to this time. Yeah, that's true. We have uh, two special guests. Yeah. Um, so, we this is not being recorded live from PyCon, even though we were going to attempt to go record live from PyCon. That sounds like the show title. Not in parentheses, live from PyCon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, I guess we've never actually introduced ourselves in in any of our podcasts. Right. Um, an intro. Yeah, so but so this voice is Jeff. And this voice is Chris. And we have a couple of special guests with us today. This is Karina. This voice is Mary. And um, we are fresh back from Montreal for PyCon 2015. We. Oui. <laughs> and for those who are not familiar with it, it's not about Pi as an apple and pecan. <laughs> it's Pi as in Python. Slightly less delicious, but still great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that didn't that didn't go over. Um, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's approximately equal to three point one four. True. Yeah. Ish. It's not. It's, it's not. It's, it's py. There are a lot PY. more. <laughs> anyway. Points in there. That's fine. So it's a it's a software programming conference about the Python programming language, which uh, all three of us have varying levels of experience writing in. Um, and I think that's what was probably one of the most coolest, like the coolest parts was, you know, everyone comes at it from their own background, but, um, but yeah, so the first, I guess the first keynote was, was it Guido? No, that was, um, Code for America. Code for America, right. Okay, so I guess the layout of the conferences is, what, four days? It goes over a weekend, and there's tutorials and sprints on either side, so kind of like more ad hoc, uh, you know, people, group programming in a big group uh, um, on either end of the conference, but they're optional. Um, the meat and potatoes of the conference was over the weekend, and each day they had like a large keynote with about, it was like an hour usually, like to talk? Yeah, about uh, half 45. hour for each, half or 45 minutes Yeah, each. in uh, the big room in the conference hall in Montreal, which I'm sure one of you people in French could say better than me. It was, uh, wasn't it like uh, Les Place des Arms or something, or was that just a stop? Oui. 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 <laughs> Not Place de Lex? De, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, we kept, the side note, we kept a log of all of Jeff used puns the entire time, and it was up to 31 by the end of the weekend. No joking. No joking. Just punning. But, um, yeah, so the, the conference went over the weekend. Um, we saw keynote speakers from Greek Guido Van Rossum, the guy who literally invented the language, all the way to... Um, other people uh, that were, you know, more involved with, with private companies like Heroku, and um, there was Code for America, um, and there was who else was there? Um, I think one of the one of the keynote guys was more independent. Um, the last one. Yeah. Yeah, he just yeah. spoke at many conferences. He's been to PyCon for ten years. He said. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How long has it ten been years. going for? Because I've only been aware of it like, like ten the years. Past couple yeah. years. Okay. Um, they made reference to the one, the first, or the one in Chicago. Two, Chicago, That's yeah, just right outside the airport, kind of thing. Was yeah. that the first one yeah. ever? Okay, yeah, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, I, yeah, didn't Joe go to that? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, how many people attended? They said twenty five hundred around. Um, between twenty five hundred and three thousand for this year. This year, yeah. 
That's yeah. That was it. It it felt like a smaller conference. Like towards the end of the weekend, you could I would start seeing like familiar faces, and you know you would meet people in some of the sessions, and then run into them again, and it was very easy to like remember everyone's name and stuff, which I think kind of definitely added to the value of it. Because um, I mean, everyone's been to those big expo things, and you, it's just so big that you don't really get as much value out of it. Um, but I don't know. That's just my kind of my personal opinion but yeah my favorite part about it was that you would just see the speakers just walking around like amongst everyone else basically like they were one of us <laughs> yeah felt, felt a little more relatable right it yeah. made them more accessible i think and it, and it, after they finished speaking it was great um to, they always said oh i'm gonna hang around in the hallway afterwards and it wasn't like a thousand people running over to go talk to them it was like six and then you could actually get some really good one-on-one -on -one time if that's something that you needed to ask them a question or to compliment them or to follow up on something yeah i actually ran into the speaker of one of my favorite talks um like at a later talk i think you were there for that and it was awesome to just like get to have a conversation with him <laughs> and learn so much from your talk and i think he was really appreciative of the feedback because it sounded like they hadn't really done that before. Um, so it was really cool just like getting to know that they were real people, like not these rock stars um, along the lines of like Guido and the keynote speakers. Yeah, I, th I actually today was tweeting with one of the speakers that I like went to his conference uh, or his um, his speech and it was uh, he, he was kind of like, oh, like if I'm ever in New York, like we should grab a drink. And I'm like, totally. <laughs> you know, uh, he talked about, it was the Docker guy, uh, demystifying Docker. Oh, nice. That talk, um, which I thought was really valuable. Um, and it, it, it was really good to kind of get everyone to the same, you know, like the baseline of like kind of what Docker is and how you can use it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess which, uh, which keynote was everyone's favorite? I think that would be a really good one to talk about. I actually really liked the one from the guy uh, from Heroku that wasn't about just like programming or development in general, but it was just about the um, being uh, be an average programmer and the message that he was trying to send to like making programming more accessible for everybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I definitely like that one too. It basically made it seem like he was like. He's obviously been programming for many, many years, and he still felt like as good as anyone in that room. He didn't see himself above everybody in that room just because he was giving the keynote at PyCon. And it's just like such a real, it's a good message because I, I, I definitely agree with it. And like one of the, the main point of like that everybody's skill set kind of falls across like a bell curve. Mm -hmm. Like when you just look about like what the community is and but like. It's it. I think it rings really true. Where like the myth, of, like or the sentiment generally is there's like there's like some people in the middle. But then you're either like really the most amazing program in the world, or you're just like really bad. Right. Yeah. I I, th I thought that was probably one of my favorite talks. He actually got a standing ovation, which I yeah. thought was like pretty magical. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I like one of his other points was you know about like uh, kind of lowering the barrier of entry to programming. Um, cause he's, you know, he was saying that the perception of a lot of programmers is that they're doing some kind of like wizardry that's not like accessible by the average person. Um, and I, I think that we could do a lot both, uh, like technically and culturally to kind of facilitate that. But I think just in general, um, I've gone to like other, this is my first PyCon, but I've mm -hmm. gone to other just like engineering kind of related conferences. And the the vibe of this one was just I think it was just really good. It was a very like like community, and I think that that's why a lot of people rave about this like PyCon in general. Like it's very community driven, kind of community or organized, um, and it's kind of like it's really really like friendly vibes, and like not really like anything is like totally over your head, and you, like the questions are were generally like pretty good, like mm -hmm. not like any like on topic, and not kind of like any any sort of like conflict or kind of thing. It was it was. Really, really good. Really well to put together. Yeah, it definitely was. Even, I feel like Guido made it seem that way with his opening keynote when he was like, yeah, we want more contributors to Core Python and we want to make it easier. So he even tried to include everybody. I think almost all of the keynotes had at least some form of like talking about the community or inclusion, right? Like I, I thought, yeah, I, I, which I, which I, it was like pretty awesome. I mean, I... It, it seemed like a very self-aware group of people at PyCon that were really interested and exciting, excited about like improving the community and in, including more people and trying to like, you know, bring everybody in that's interested. And um, I thought that was like, 
pretty fantastic. Um, and that's something that I haven't really seen firsthand in a lot of the tech community before, and it, it, it was great. I think I, I overheard, I don't know if there's any truth to it or not, but like somebody was saying how, how Guido doesn't really like doing these kinds of things. Like he feels like he 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 should, and like he's like kind of looked at as like the leader of it. But like his his like um, his vibe, like his his kind of like personality, he doesn't really necessarily like doing like the big keynote and being looked at as like kind of person. I think he just right. wants to be a programmer. And he wants to like kind of really just work on Python and kind of stuff like that. And just as as a matter of fact of it, just being that way, like he he just kind of like approaches those kind of things. Like the the talk was like I think like the points he was making about the state of things and kind of like pushing through it. Like while it was like good points, it wasn't like anything like magical or kind of like Steve Jobsian and like his right. like like craziness of it. And even his his types talk that they put at the end as a part of as a as an actual proper keynote. Um, for the like he he introduced it with like an idea of just like hey like I. I this is going to be a very technical talk, and you, some of you might not find this interesting or, mm -hmm. or really that great. But we tried to put it in a just a session, but then like no sessions got canceled, and he was even thinking of like putting in like someone else's name on it so that he could just do it, and people would just come for the topic and not just because he was giving it, right. which I think would be funny. Yeah, it it was it was kind of yeah it was funny to see that that um uh like side of Guido. I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that. That bit, that kind of um, makes me think of an interesting question. Like, do you think the leader of like a programming language or like a software kind of conglomerate like needs to have the personality of like you know, and not necessarily just being a great like technical person, but also being good at like leading people? I think that um, for it, it, the, to a certain extent, there has to be some sort of like quote like marketing that goes into something because you need to get people to. You need to have some sort of buzz for it to for people to even start like being interested and in kind of looking to it and having some sort of like persona that kind of like um, helps like push that along or bodies or owns it or just really kind of advocates it. Yeah, um, is kind of important mm -hmm. because like the, even like the best the best code the best product the best kind of thing like there it need it needs to have order math otherwise it can just like sit like it's like a a tree in the middle of the woods kind of kind of thing. Yeah, is Python unique in that it has this kind of more like active culture like I, I you don't hear about like well maybe maybe i'm just not aware but like ruby conferences that are as big and as kind of like uh like paradigm shifting or you know or ruby ruby has conferences but okay. i guess i guess does ruby have like a like a founding father or mother so to speak like is it is it made by just one person or like because i feel like rails got really popular because of 37 signals now Basecamp or whatever yeah Ru but ruby's actually really old Really? Um, yeah, oh, it, 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 it was like it was made and like in the as like a kind of like a sequel to the small talk and is really like object oriented in that way. And a lot of people with small talk was like the first object oriented language. Yeah, I think it was I think it was Xerox, Xerox Park. Oh, really? Uh -huh. That long ago? Yeah. Oh, shit. And Ruby was in the 80s, like kind of like in the same vein as it. OK. Um, but that, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of was like a, like a fringe thing until until Rails was built on top of it, and it got and that that kind of was like that that marketing pitch in right, a lot of right, ways right. where like people picked up Ruby because of Rails and the well, thirty seven signals is also really good at marketing. Yeah, they have like yeah. books out and stuff about you know stuff that's tangentially related to programming. Like their book uh, rework that I've read is more about kind of like the philosophy philosophy and like methodologies of starting a company, um, which is what they use and. I think they have another one out about like working remotely. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. But, uh, but yeah, I just I found, yeah, I, I found it funny when Guido was like, yeah, like uh, I, I didn't really want to do this to this many people, but uh, <laughs> we're gonna do it anyway. I mean, me personally, I had no idea what was going on. Um, uh, did you guys kind of get it or? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, like the, the debate over like statically typed and dynamically typed languages and the pros and cons of that like I feel like can just go on like engineers who, who have some prefer something can probably talk like for for days and like right. as all over like the of like oh this one's better no this one's better this well, one's actually, better that's better you know what's funny is like I didn't understand what was going on at all when Guido was talking but then when that other keynote guy came out um, and talked about like static versus dynamically oh, yeah. typed languages yeah. I, I like I got it like he was he was it, he was definitely like a much better presenter, and he kind of like took a lot of. I mean, it, granted, it wasn't it wasn't as technical, 
Um, but I, I think like that that kind of shows me that like yeah maybe Guido is more interested in just kind of like typing away like late at night rather than kind of doing these like grand gestures these grand keynote kind of it, things and it, the whole talk was just about like introducing what the actual how types the, the type hinting was going to be implemented into Python rather than like the benefits of it of, of right. doing it or not yeah yeah it was it was it was hyper specific yeah, yeah definitely yeah I didn't really follow along too well but I found it interesting just to hear him go on for that long just like to hear what the founder of Python spends his time thinking about yeah I just, yeah it was kind of like a nice snapshot into like where his mind is yes yeah, so is he in like California is he out yeah, there he's working at Dropbox oh yeah. well that's so funny that's another thing I, like, don't really get. Like, does he do anything for Dropbox, or do you think they just kind of, like, have him hang out there and just drop knowledge bombs to everyone? I, I would <laughs> guess that he probably spends at least half his time just doing Python stuff, and Dropbox is probably perfectly happy letting him yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, probably his biggest, con- I mean, like, complete speculation, but I'd guess that, like, most of his time, like, doing Dropbox-specific stuff is probably just working with the engineers there and providing them a lot of guidance and their yeah. implementations. Yeah, and, like, helping them architect there. their, like, basically yeah. entire code base to make sure it's up to Python spec. Yeah. I'd be surprised if he actually does straight programming for Dropbox. Yeah, like, can you yeah. imagine, like, being a project manager and assigning Guido a <laughs> ticket? <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you fix this bug? Like, I know, I know you wrote Python, but... <laughs> yeah, the down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the white space on this, like, one area, like, yeah. you need an extra, extra line height on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that that's kind of, that's funny, so... Do like do we want to talk a little bit about our favorite sessions individually? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, can we pull up one of the schedules just to see? Yeah, maybe totally. If um, their names on it, we can like give those people a shout out. Yeah. Um, the the one that sticks out as kind of like the the best performance to me was probably the one where the uh, where Python running Python without an OS. Oh my god, that blew my mind. It was like not really. I don't know. If, I can't think of something I'll practically use any of that information for. Nope. Like in, in the near to medium term, but the the actual presentation, what he did was incredible to me. Like it was pretty much he kind of demonstrated how he um, changed some stuff in Python to get it running directly in Grub without having an operating system at all. When where Grub is like this bootloader that happens before, right after firmware runs goes into Grub, and Grub is the software that kind of kicks it over to an operating system where you can select, like, if you have a dual boot, it'll, like, give you an option to load, like, Windows, or it will give you go to into one of many Linux that you might have installed on different partitions. Um, but he kind of had it running directly in Grub, which was incredible, with, with the main part of that being to run tests against um, stuff like Grub or loading into, like, uh, any, any firmware-related, like, software. Yeah. Um, and then, like, it has complete access to stuff within Grub, and then, then also an example of using it um, directly with EFI mm-hmm. um, for, for those more advanced, um, like, computers that don't use, like, a old BIOS. And it has complete access to all the stuff that EFI can do. Um, and spoiler alert, for those who want to watch this, like, he demonstrated that EFI has some like graphics capability stuff that you can you can do with it. So you can you can draw stuff on the screen. You can get access to the frame buffer. And then the big reveal was that his entire presentation was drawn using that that EFI graphics. <laughs> so he immediately like, did the reveal, and then he went out of it, and then he demonstrated really quickly um, how you can use Python to draw f- um, directly to the frame buffer while in the EFI. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, the fact that he was presenting from a computer that wasn't booted into an operating system was just, like, freaking unreal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like everyone, one. like, everyone, it took everyone a second, and then we were all like, oh my god, I'm really sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Um Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that was wicked. Like, he, he also, like, was a very good presenter, and, like, I thought it was, uh, like, I honestly, I had no clue what was going on most of the time. I could kind of follow the train of thought that they were doing. Um, but uh, what was cool is, like, that... That could actually have some interesting applications into, like, if you make hardware. Because I guess you could then, you could write unit tests or, like, you could test hardware in Python 
rather yeah, than yeah. kind of like you know doing some like gnarly C stuff. I mean, though the, though he was talking about like he filled in some gaps in like the Python standard library with like assembly at one point. Yeah, say? because there were there were things that um, from the basic like C Python um, code he, he just couldn't couldn't run like, and get it working without having because of, of certain dependencies and stuff. Right. Without re-implementing them um, in in assembly. Right. Yeah. It was. It was. It was, it was as close to like magic as like I think you can get. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and and it, he, uh, I actually went back and rewatched the presentation last night just to like try and relive it, and it was just it was it was it was, it was, it was just really like really really interesting. And he he definitely uh, he, like they they got really nitty gritty with a lot of like the code examples and things like that. Um, and uh, I think this, I think he works or he's getting his PhD. I like looked up his uh, profile at one point. He's getting his PhD in computer science, which makes like perfect sense because this was relatively like academic in its theme. Like it was, it was just kind of like what, how much, like how deep does this rabbit hole go, and how far can we crawl down it, kind of thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was cool. He he started writing like the Fibonacci, or no, it was. Um, uh, fractals. He was yeah, gen- yeah. He was like writing the formula to like draw out a fractal, and like some of the more advanced people kind of already knew what was going to happen, and they started <laughs> laughing. And and then he said something. He like commented on yeah. it. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah, that was that was pretty cr- crazy. Wow. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. Yeah, I would definitely recommend watching. I'll it, watch like. that later. Um, Link in that will be in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Don't forget, guys. If we can remember. Um, yeah. I think my favorite talk was also basically like a huge performance. I think it was David Beasley. He gave a talk on concurrency in Python. And basically the entire talk was just him live coding for 45 minutes or whatever it was. And it was just so impressive that at the end there was a standing ovation for him. Like, I've never seen someone live code and get a standing ovation for how impressive it was. For the sysadmin in the room, what's concurrency? Concurrency is basically, like, handling threads um, in Python. Okay. Yeah, so first he, like, started out, like, showing how um, running, like, two processes that, like, also spin up threads, like, works and how slower, how much slower it gets. Like, because basically he wrote, like, a basic Fibonacci program to, like, calculate numbers. And Mm -hmm. if you pass in, like... You want the 40th Fibonacci number. Obviously, that takes, like, a lot of computing time. Right. And then if you spin up two processes doing these exact same things, then, like, computing time crazy, like, like exponentially, like, um, increases. And basically, he started out being like, oh, we could do it with threads. Then he turned basically a thread pool into generators, and it was all doing using generator magic. It was just really intense. Whoa. And awesome to see someone just like actually write it all out in front of you like obviously he practiced probably a lot of times but <laughs> there were just no errors at all yeah. it was so great yeah the, this the the guy that the at the bios one yeah he like was typing stuff live and i was waiting for him to mess up but he, he didn't exactly. <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah like it was yeah it, it totally makes or breaks the presentation not that like live demos really ever go well and like everyone expects it but i think it's just like having that kind of like rehearsed you know like not even like a typo like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he had like two typos and everyone was just like oh no do we say it like this is gonna break his flow but then someone called out and he was like oh what oh sure I think that was supposed to be there it's fine yeah, yeah. it makes him human <laughs> yeah exactly. and he was just joking all throughout all of it nice. so it was great uh, I think my favorite talk what or at least the one that I learned the most from was type Python press enter what happens mm-hmm. um, is by Philip James and Ashish Laroya from Eventbrite um, so they just walked us through like what happens when you drop into Python from your command line um, and basically everything that goes on behind the scenes and I had no idea about before the talk um, that was pretty interesting, and also Philip is actually the person I ran into at a later talk, and got to hear a little bit about how they went about preparing for this. And he told me that they pretty much had no idea uh, or knew a lot less about it than they thought when they submitted the talk. And <laughs> as they began researching, putting it together, they found out that they were wrong about a lot of the things. That they thought <laughs> That's like so, cool though, you yeah. know. Yeah, I I thought it was pretty inspiring that just like 
pretty much anyone can do a talk if you have something you're interested in want to research want to talk about it yeah it made it seem very accessible because they did a really good job it was well put together so like they talked about kind of like when you enter like the like the REPL and like mm-hmm. kind of how it interacts with stuff did you go to this as well yeah or? I went oh, okay. to this one as well that's why I'm like nodding my head yeah, this whole yeah. time um yeah it was basically like what bash does like how it like forks itself and then execs into like the python executable and just like nitty-gritty stuff and like signal um like signal calls and like how like sig int like deals in python versus in bash and like how python has to interpret like different signal signal calls differently to like keep it separate from bash and that's why like if you do control c Control C. In Python, it doesn't work. It says like keyboard interrupt, and that's okay. because Python is handling that signal. Right. So it's like. Is it is it handling that in the Python language, or was were, were they talking more about like C? Um, or did they even the go? Did they ever even <laughs> they go did, into that? They didn't. They like didn't go as deeply in that, but yeah. they were like, yeah, like the Python REPL like implemented signal handlers. Right. And that's why all of this works. Well, because I learned that, like, a lot of, like, I learned at the conference that, like, Python is written in C, which, like, that just, like... Well, there, there's multiple well, interpreters. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah, made, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. made me even more confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's Python implemented in, in Python. Python. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. yes. Yeah. I, I can't even... With I that circular even. snake. Yeah, yeah that, that, that whole thing. Like, but that, I, that was kind of, like, a mind-blown moment. So, like, when... Wait, wait. So, when Guido writes... Code is he is he coding in C? Um, or I mean, like I'm sure he writes obviously writes both. So 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 the the main interpreters is written in C. Okay. But then libraries can be written in Python and interpreted by Why? the C Python. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So so a, a, a lot a, of the libraries are just written in Python and then exposed as a as a library that you can use somewhere else that are written just they're just written in Python. But so right. so the actual like interpreter part of it is like a much smaller subset of the things that you need to do. Um, right. One of the um, one of the talks that was at PyCon that I didn't go to see, um, but I think it was the same talk that was happened at PyGotham, which I went to last August. Okay. Um, was which was the like Python Watts. Yeah. yeah. What? What? <laughs> and it, it was actually a really interesting talk. Also, um, they'll try to put a link in the show notes so that yeah. we'll actually well, maybe we can just remember to to, to, to watch it. Yeah. But I don't think any of us actually went to it. Yeah. Um, so. They they actually kind of find a whole bunch of these kind of really like strange behaviors in Python. And um, then did the research to go all the way to the to the actual C source code to kind of figure out why the, these kind of weird things happening. Okay. And one of the things that they, they did while they were doing it, they kind of like showed this like incredibly large switch statement that's essentially um, showing like each one of the uh, like I guess the keywords in within Python that it will switch to like say okay this is a four like what are we gonna do here and like right. and then a lot of times we'll just implement um, the the C part of it. Hmm. Um, and the other the other interesting thing is that they, they the, in Python they for the C for the C interpreter they reach the s- switch um, case limit, okay. <laughs> which I did which is funny thing to know I would never I have any guess even existed. know there was yeah. a limit yeah like so, so but you can get around it by just int- putting another switch statement in as the as the catch off for the original one yeah well, well, that's magic there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's huh. great. Yeah, I think my um, my favorite part about this conference that I went to a few talks that I thought would be like more intermediate level, but ended up being novice. But even those talks basically um, explained the topic so well that like exposed things that I didn't like know about the topic. Like we went to a hash table talk, right? And it was basically like, simple. Like this is what a hash table is. Like th- this is what a hash function is. Like this is the best way to use it. And the presenter just explained it so perfectly well that it was a great talk, even though I already knew, like, most of the things he said. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was shown, like, across, like, all of the speakers at this conference. That's yeah. Curtis Lassum, and we'll put a link to that one in the show notes also. Yeah. yeah. The uh, Python Names and Values talk was the same way. Uh, it was it just used very, very simple examples, but explained the way assignment works and how things can go unexpectedly wrong in your code but used like really easy to follow examples and as Joe said he's as he's the one who went to the first Python so he's been doing this a while but he said it's basically things that he knew like 
intuitively about Python, but was never able to really put into words himself mm. the way he described it. Yeah, that's that's like almost sometimes more valuable than kind of like the esoteric like exploration stuff, I mm -hmm. think, because I mean, if you do it every day, you kind of could forget some of the core stuff and being like reminded or, you know, learning it for the first time is definitely super valuable. Um, I had that experience with the uh, um, the Docker talk, like it was called Demystifying Docker. Um, and uh, it, it, it definitely kind of like, I, I've, I had known a lot about Docker going in, but I thought it was just like a fantastic example of a lot of the sort of more, like the, a lot of the abstract like um, points about Docker that we use it in a very specific way. Um, and I think like uh, being able to kind of learn about other ways that other people are using it, whether it's deployment or whether it's, you know, applications or whether it's someone was spinning up a container to do like number crunching or something. and. Um, I thought that was like incredibly valuable, and the speaker was um, was really good at you know talking through like the whole like the the whole uh, like vertical kind of of Docker you know the whole the topic, um, but I think other than that my favorite uh, one was about uh, Core OS, which actually Joe and I kind of blocked out some time in one of the open rooms to have like an open discussion about it. Um, and we got a couple engineers, one guy from Facebook showed up and we kind of just like bullshitted about like Docker and kind of ways of controlling it. Oh, there goes our clean tag, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I think it's uh, it, like the CoreOS talk was really interesting because it was a technology that I had always been um, aware of, but didn't really know how it could fit into like projects. And um, the, the speaker was great about uh, kind of walking us through it as a group and starting from the very beginning. Um, and doing kind of uh, like due diligence on explaining like why you would want to use this product and because it, it's a very niche product. It's like a, it's an operating system that's like cluster aware and container aware and the only thing you can do on it is spin up new containers. In this case, in this example, they use Docker containers. Um, you could also use Rocket. You could use Rocket, yeah, 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 which yeah. is their built-in container format that's competing against the Docker, the Docker container format. Um, the, the speaker in this case used Docker, which because I think like the... Um, there was a lot of other stuff at the conference about Docker, so it made more sense. But um, he explained about you know like adding a new container, and he wrote a very basic like web app and kind of deploying it to this group of three different servers and having the you know the app launch and live, and then if one of the servers goes down, like the, that it doesn't affect the app's downtime. Um, and I kind of like left that talk wanting to jump in and do something with this like right away. Um, and I thought that it was just like a great kind of introduction. Um, it, it was a great kind of uh, walkthrough and uh, it, it did a lot to get me excited about it. And actually Joe and I um, decided we wanted to kind of make a new module for Ansible uh, to control a lot of the Docker stuff. So we're gonna jump down that rabbit hole and hopefully we, I think, actually I think the repository is private because it doesn't have anything in it yet. But anyway, we could maybe post the, the link in the show notes, but probably not. No, it's public. Is it public? It's public, yeah. Okay, good. So yeah. you can see an empty repository. <laughs> I remember one of, the, one of the other attendees to your open space actually already favorited it. Oh, it's yeah, <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, um, yeah, I, I think, I, and I think, like, the, there was definitely a lot of interest in it across the board with all the people that showed up to our, I say all the people, it was, I think it was four people. I was but, actually surprised, because yeah. you, you put it up, like, in the afternoon, you just put it, it was, there's, like, a big board that people could post index cards onto just claiming a space in one of these empty rooms that they'd reserved for this purpose, and you guys put it up, and then, like, right after lunch. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, like, it was, like, like five or six people that kind of came and just wanted to talk a little bit about it. Yeah. At the very end of the conference, and most people were just leaving. Yeah, it was. It was the, it was Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Right? Um, after the last final speech, like, the closing notes, and people still showed up, so I call it a win, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, it was also cool to think about, like, uh, kind of the, the Facebook guy approached the containerization of applications a lot differently than than us because, I mean, in his day-to-day, -day, he's working with on an application that's just freaking ginormous, right? Like, right. Um, so he, his, he was very much pushing a lot of the more, like, scalable stuff, but we were kind of pushing more of, like, the ground up, like, how do we even, like, do this properly, right? Um, so I, I thought that, that, like, the discourse and the discussion was, like, pretty, pretty fun, and that was... That combined with that talk was probably my favorite part of the conference. But. I think, like, going to a conference, like, like, I never really kind of took part in, like, a lot of, like, the, like, fr more fringe, kind of, like, smaller kind of things. I, like, I always kind of, like, I want to plan out, and, like, I'm going to go to this session, and I'm going to go to this session. But I, I guess, like, my, in my mind, my track is always, like, yeah, it's, let's, I'm going to get try to get the most out of it and go to all the sessions and know exactly what to do. But I think 
that's the time like when you're not going to the, those big plan stuff and doing stuff on the side is yeah. actually probably one of the more valuable things is just making some like like networking talking to some people around it and then in the end you can always like the best part about it is like for the, the big talks they're all recorded and you can kind of watch them later if you get some good, yeah, good stuff on it yeah, like there was a time where I think me, you, and Joe like took a break where we just didn't go to any sessions and we all just kind of like worked on different stuff. And like that's when I actually did like some like project work. Like I spun up a Core OS instance and like got it to do stuff. And I mean, it didn't do anything specific, but it was like, it was like, oh, cool. Like I applied knowledge right away. You know? <laughs> um, um, but I, yeah, I totally agree. And whenever you walked around like the conference area, you always saw people kind of like clustered together, just like working on stuff. Um, and it really kind of gave you the, you know, like it, it, you know, you got just got really jazzed to like actually build something, um, yeah. which I thought was cool. It's kind of like really gives you an opportunity to, to like immerse yourself in it and in a yeah. different perspective from your day to day. Yeah, totally. And that's like, I think that that's probably like the best thing about the conference, like, like just, I guess, conferences in general, um, because like it, it's hard sometimes to like justify like spending the, the effort and the time and like, uh, like give up a weekend and kind of all this stuff. Um, to kind of go on something that's kind of like semi generally work related, mm -hmm. but I think that just the growing and seeing like new things, seeing how other people are doing them, is is like something that's like really cool. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely easy to kind of get stuck in your small world of work, and then when you go to these things, it kind of blows that open, and you get to see like so many different viewpoints on one thing. There was another talk that I thought was actually really good. Um, it was on uh, Python performance profiling. Okay. Um, and the, the speaker worked for MongoDB. Oh, I was at that talk. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really good talk um, just because it, it was well-formed because he started it with, like, a kind of a really interesting, um, like, problem. Like, so he's like, uh, there's this article on DZone, which is, like, one of these, I feel like it's a spammy, like, you know, like, I, I, I haven't really looked at that much. The only interaction I've ever had with DZone is like a, Googling for something I'm looking for and ending up on a on an article like in a Google search for it and clicking through. Mm -hmm. And the the um, the speaker was kind of like he he wrote the um, PyMongo um, connector to, to the driver to connect to to Mongo from to from Python. Okay. And the the author uh, was comparing just the performance of inserts into Mongo to save records and save data into into Mongo, and uh, it, it had this really kind of compelling article, it was like, Mongo on commodity hardware, Mongo can insert 80,000 rows in a second, per second. Okay. And then if you dug into the article a little bit more, he got that performance only on the Node.js client for it. Uh, and the, the, um, the Mongo, uh, the, the PyMongo and Python one only could do uh, less than 30,000. Oh wow! And after that article was found, someone in in Mongo sent him as the author of the PyMongo drivers. Like, why is the Python driver a third as fast as the Node one? Oh my god! That sounds like getting a bad email from your boss. Yeah, <laughs> well, he got, yeah. well, it was from his boss. Oh, from it was his from his boss. Yeah. It, copied, it, it copied his boss's boss. Oh who no! He clearly said it was like a frightening thing for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he spent this whole time like before replying to this email investigating why this happened yeah and that's where the profiling came in and okay. where, where the, the the biggest kind of takeaway from the talk was just around using profiling to come up with hypotheses about then you're going to then um, create better optimizations okay because a lot of times with profiling you can't even count on the explicit kind of things of what what it's going to report back to you on timing because profiling itself takes time to do. Right, kind of so okay. it's not always going to give you like necessarily the, the best indication. It kind of just gives you like smoke signals almost of, of like right. maybe it's, you can look here and do these other kind of things. Interesting. Did they come to a conclusion why it was that much slower? Yeah, so the, 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 on the first pass of profiling, he found that um, the, um, the actual talking to... Um, the time it, it was talking to, to Python, I mean, from Python to Mongo from it, um, was like essentially the code that he wrote. If you took all of that out, it was, it, so you, that essentially it took no time to talk to Mongo back and forth. Okay. It was still not going to be as fast as the Node.js from the code that the guy wrote. Wow. That within, like, um, within the, uh, the article. So he went, he dug a little bit deeper into the, into the code that the guy who wrote the article did, and there was a bunch of stuff with date time that he was really doing backwards or like not really well. Okay. So it was wasting a lot of time doing it. So he kind of like um, worked on um, 
cleaning up a bunch of that stuff uh, and using profiling to find the particular lines that weren't really as well optimized as they should be and kind of like that made it better. In the end, um, with all the things that kind of pushed through and he, he the, there's been a bunch of optimizations in the driver itself since um, since that article was written. It's gotten a lot better, but it still hasn't reached as fast as Node. Right. And I'm, I'm certain that's got like, it's got to be a lot of like the async stuff that that Node can do. Right. Um, that that's kind of just like better at. Um, but in the end, I mean, like yeah, that's this can go back to like different program pros and cons of different languages and, right. and the things that they offer and, and, and what it is. But it, it, it was it was it was really interesting because it was a really good example of like like of a problem that he had and how he used this like this in, the, in this case profiling as the topic of his talk and how it helped him and, and how everybody else can kind of use it. Hmm. Um, Mary, I saw in the notes that you went to a talk about Shakespeare. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if I remember, it was the second talk of the first day, so okay. it was yeah, it's kind of right infinity in the ago. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. Um, he basically talked about... Um, well, I, I guess there's an open source or somebody, there's basically all of Shakespeare is written out in XML with different types. I don't know who <laughs> was insane enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's there and it's it has types assigned to it and everything. Um, so he put together some tests. Um, I would love to look at it. Sorry, no, I <laughs> didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, I it's okay. kind of like, whoa. <laughs> he put together some tests that... Um, that uh, basically to try to find out um, if, if uh, like based on a text sample, if it's a tragedy or a comedy, if it's one of Shakespeare's tragedies or comedies. Whoa! So um, we did like sentiment analysis on it, or like. Um, I think it was using the types, just like the type words. Um, oh, okay. And I'm doing such a bad job remembering this. Um, but <laughs> he was talking about how. Um, Basically, it's a horrible indicator, like assigning a type <laughs> to a word. If there's essentially no correlation, um, but it was still just pretty interesting seeing the way he went about doing it. Nice. I'm sorry, I don't remember more details. I don't know. <laughs> I was I, that was like totally. I just remember seeing the word Shakespeare and being like, "Wait, what?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. I was like, yeah. oh, "I need to hear about this." Yeah. Huh. I feel like this conference made it seem that anyone can actually give a talk. Oh, yeah. It was, like, it only had to be, like, tangentially related to Python, which I thought made it more interesting. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I saw someone who was, like, it was, like, their first time, and she was, like, oh, let's just talk about random, like, system tools you can use. Like, let's talk about S-trace. And, like, none of those had to do with Python at all. Right. But it was something she really enjoyed. Like, she was a really huge fan of S-trace, and she just went on about that for half an hour. <laughs> Was it good? I mean, like, it was good. I was did like, you learn about S trace. I did learn about S trace. Now I know. And I that's for use like S-trace. that's like stack tracing, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. Nice. Yeah. I like Python was a great uh, experience and conference. Yeah, I mean, this is all. This is the first programming conference that I've been to, and I was. I was surprised and delighted that a lot of it wasn't like specific to programming. Like kind of like you said, like people just kind of talked about the tools or the thing they wanted to talk about. Um, and there was like, I think it was the second day it was very like sysadmin heavy, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a bunch of them. Uh, but then also like, uh, I was really excited to go out of my comfort zone and, you know, watch that BIOS Python thing or, um, talk about pep eight where you can write, you know, code that's, you know, readable and thinking about more about the philosophy of the language and things like that. Um, I thought that was like incredibly valuable and. Um, I mean, in my day-to-day um, at work, I do a lot of stuff that relates development to sysadmin stuff, and I think um, that kind of like, you know, learning about both sides is incredibly important, because if I don't understand the wants and needs of a developer, then it's hard for me to do stuff on my end that makes it, you know, easier to develop code, so. Um. Have you been to like a like a like a Microsoft conference because we all know that you are like certified and you're never gonna let that go. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been to a Microsoft conference. Um, I've been to I've been to a couple like generic computer ones I think, and then uh, more recently I've been to Ansible Fest, which was more which was like a sysadmin conference. Um, And I think even though that was. it, it was a little different in that it was put on by a company about their product, so it was definitely more specific about that. 
Um, I, I think like in general, um, also it was the first one, so I mean, I can't really have the bar too high, but I think in general, PyCon was a lot better about covering more than just kind of how to use Python, right? Like, you know, we were... Yeah, definitely. I mean, all the stuff we talked about tonight, right, was just like all a bunch of kind of the world encompassing Python, um, where the where the Ansible Fest was great, but it was more specifically about kind of um, how to do this in Ansible or how to make Ansible most effective or something like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. I do want to give a shout-out to uh, one of the lightning talks. So at the end of the day... Um, there were lightning talks where person had to apply like that same day and talk for five minutes and one guy made a Postgres like tab complete like, <laughs> yeah. pgcli.com yeah, yeah, yeah we'll in the show notes too yeah, yeah, yeah. pgcli and it was amazing I think yeah. all of us were like we need to go home and download that right now right it was just it was really a great autocomplete library right that's yeah. really all it was yeah and it was Fantastic, and he just live demoed it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he live demoed it, and everyone was just in awe. And I don't think he even realized how excited we all were. I would you love felt the excitement in the room. Oh, Everybody yeah. burned up, and was just, oh my god! <laughs> I would love to see how much his downloads skyrocketed after that talk because there was like a good showing at the thing, and then everyone's just like, oh my god, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, what about the lightning talk about the guy where he's like, you have too many Elsas in your career. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> so this guy got up and you, they gave you, what, five minutes five to talk minutes, on yeah. it? And he talked about how if you write a code in a certain way, you don't need to have an else after your if because it'll never need to evaluate that if or it'll break out of the, the yeah, function. So if you return from it within an if um, and then else you're going to return, you don't need that else because you never would have gotten to that ret- second return statement because the first one would have returned already. Right, yeah, and he, he talked for, what, yeah. 90 seconds? <laughs> I think he like, went to, like, two and a half. Yeah. Minutes, <laughs> yeah. He was like, don't do this, and then and then he was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> he really, if he had, like, a, a, a mic to hold instead of a wearable, he yeah. should have just dropped it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, the lightning talks were good, though. Like they, yeah. were, they were kind of another one that were all over the place. Like, the guy who talked about um, dolphins, how dolphins hear. Oh, yeah. Which was, like, completely out of left field. But I was like, wow, I, I, I guess I know how they hear now. You know? I, um, did anyone else have any lightning talks that they really enjoyed? Or? And the guy who loved Unicode. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he loved it. He really that loved it. That was weird. That was weird. That, that Wait, was kind of did weird. We know, did he have a Unicode character in his last name or his first name? Like, maybe that's why he loves it so much. <laughs> Um, I don't remember. Because, like, if you tried to, like, sign up for, you know, a form online and he put, like, the little, the E with that accent on it and it didn't go through, that's probably what started his love. He's like, we should be using Unicode everywhere. And, um, I don't know. But, I like, loved his enthusiasm. He's very excited. And emojis are Unicode, so, I mean, I guess I love you know. Unicode, too, so. They've brought that to us in our world, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because, um, well, Python 3 is Unicode, has Unicode support out of the box. That's the deal. Correct, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like if I learned nothing that this past weekend, it was that strings are not bytes in Python 3, right? They're Unicode. They're Unicode by default. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Got it. Um, from the conference that you really liked about Montreal? Casino? Casino. <laughs> you didn't even go. <laughs> Um, well, we assume you liked it, so... I, 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 I love going to the casino, but that, the <laughs> casino, casino de Montreal is, uh, it, it has never been very friendly with me. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, poutine? Poutine? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that first night of poutine, that was delicious. Smoked meat. Smoked, Smoked meat. meat. Schwartz's. Oh, think, my God. Yeah, yeah my favorite like a, was um, watching the Canadian hockey game at the bar. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Just everyone, like, it was basically a normal, like, Canadian pub, and a hockey game was on. And as, as soon as, like, there was any goal, everyone screamed and cheered, like, to their heart's desire. It oh, was so great. Good. And they did that so raffle? Much passion in the yeah. Pub. yeah. Yeah, Montreal was just great. It was, like, a nice city to explore. Even, like, after, like, a whole day of conference, like, sitting and, like, ingesting a lot of information. Just, yeah. like, it was, like, a very tiring weekend, but, like, a very worth it weekend. Oh, totally. Yeah. But it was weird to still see snow. Yeah. <laughs> it was still warm outside. I, I was not a fan of that. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't cold. It was just, like, what? Like, this stuff still? You know? But. There was probably just that much snow taking this long. Yeah. Oh, I, I do yeah. not doubt that, yeah. A little bit kind of, like... 
other part of tech, we the Airbnb we stayed in was incredible. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, that worked out really well. It was beautiful. It was probably the nicest house I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> lady gave us Coronas to start the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> With lemons, though. Yeah, lemons. Yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is a little off. Yeah, that was, that was a Canadian thing. Yeah, though. that's true. Maybe it's Canadian. Yeah. But I think maybe the highlight of our trip might have been stumbling upon the open mic night comedy on Sunday night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and having Ooh, yeah. Mary... Mary do the like the, the, the her stand up routine. Yeah. Our own Mary Nagel yeah. performing <laughs> a comedy but a comedy show at a bar in Montreal. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also with no time to repair, which yeah. is the most yeah. impressive thing. Yeah. She signed up and then was like, Oh, I should probably think of something to say. Yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. Yep. One of, one of the reasons why she thought it would be a good idea is because there would be nobody around in Montreal that she knew accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, again, link is in the show notes. Besides that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, my favorite joke was when you were like, when you insulted the Canadian comedians because they weren't some of them weren't very good but you were like oh is the humor just like Canadian or <laughs> that, that was a good zinger um <laughs> yeah um but I think yeah I think that that's probably about it right yeah that wraps it up I mean Unless you guys have anything else you want to say about PyCon, it was it was a blast. It was definitely a blast. It was great. Think, do you think we're gonna go to the next one in Portland? I definitely want to. I'm not sure. Yeah, I've never been to Portland. I've never been to Portland. Yeah. I think I'm gonna try to do, figure out something. I have a year now to kind of think of for a, a topic of maybe putting in a call for papers and maybe doing a talk. That that would yeah. yeah. be fun. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would see that talk. Well, yeah. well, our friend Jenny Chang did a talk, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. She did a talk about the Blender API. Blender is like a 3D rendering program. The and author of our album cover. That's true, yeah. If yeah. you, if you in, well, we all know that you love the illustration. That's the album cover. But it is, yeah, that's our own Jenny Chang. And she, it was great. That was a really cool talk. She talked about, like, making glasses from an SVG, which was, like, pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and we gave her a high five afterwards, but... Um, yeah, I, I think if you did a talk, Jeff, that would be cool. What, do you have any idea what you were talking about? Nope. No, no, no. <laughs> no idea. Oh, yeah, you got a year. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got, got some time to think about it, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, I haven't been to a conference in a, in, in a while, so I think it's just getting your, your frame of reference your, of your of ideas and, like, just to be more in the idea of looking out for something and, right. like, having maybe a little bit of opportunity to, to actually um, talk and put something together that's presentable on, yeah. some, on a topic. How ridiculous was that Portland video that they showed, though? Oh, my God. It was, like, four or five minutes of just, right like, intense the, drumming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right um, off, like, the like the Portland Tourism Department's website. Yeah. Kind well, of they thing. had a booth in yeah. the Expo Center, and I was oh, wondering, they like... They did? Oh, yeah, did they really? It was, like, Travel Portland. I was like, wait, That's what? weird. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this doesn't fit in. And then it made sense, because then they showed that... Does Portland have something with hats? Because I noticed about ten times in that four-minute video, they showed a clip of somebody putting on a hat in a hat store. <laughs> Did you no notice that? I, I noticed the hat video, but I do yeah. not know if that's well, a thing. Well, I think we should go to Portland and find out next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, <laughs> I guess we right. have to. Like, I feel like people in Portland would wear like a beanie, right? Like, isn't that something you do? Don't insult people from Portland. <laughs> <laughs> what the beanie? Like, <laughs> I wear beanie. I wear a beanie when it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, isn't, well, all the sh- all the shots though in the video they seem very sunny. I thought Portland was like more misty and gray, but the video took four years to film. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had three sunny days and they had just had to take advantage of them. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I guess and if we don't have anything else to say, that's a wrap. Yeah. Thank, thank you to Mary and Karina for talking with us today, and uh, thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Go go PyCon go. Yeah. Woo. Cool. <laughs> Woo. Bye guys.